Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Welcome, I'm Brett Witterbull. It is Devious Motives, and uh, it's the day after the election that we all stayed up very late looking at, and uh, uh, some of the decisions are still kind of transitioning into uh, reality. Uh, But we do know, uh, essentially right now, the House of Representatives is uh, going to be taken by the Republican Party. And uh, I'm, I'm getting my phone blowing up from people who are freaking out about what it was that happened in the last 24 hours. I understand. I get as emotional as anybody else. But the fact of the matter is, each of these races are going to be run on their own term. And each of these races are going to function on their own term. And you kind of just have to take a look at what the the ground looks like, right? You have, in a state like South Carolina, you know, the Republicans romp. Uh, in a state like North Carolina, you get some Democrat pickups, but you keep Ted Budd with the Republican seat there in in, in the Senate. Uh, you see a number of places where the jobs got done. Uh, the jobs were were to uh, to retain the seat. And you now got a couple of seats that are kind of up for consideration, right? Uh, Waxhalt looks like he's doing pretty good. Uh, we, we don't know what's going to happen with Herschel Walker and, and Raphael Warnock, though I would guess that that's going to a, a runoff. Um, and, and you've got obviously what happened in Florida, which is huge. I mean, what happened in Florida was was it, it was I'm not going to say life changing, but it was essentially, you know, a, a political earthquake. But you will get that when you get 600,000 Republicans moving into the state of Florida because everybody locked every other state down in the Northeast. Hochul won her seat. Whitmer won her seat. And uh, Gavin Newsom won his seat. So there you you got three real possibilities as governors to, to run on the Democratic side of the ticket. But what people are so upset about, and I, and I detect this, is, is are the races like Oz, right? Mastriano and Oz, although Mastriano never really had a chance. I mean, I'm sorry, but uh, that 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 particular um, Democrat was was running his own plan, and Mastriano kind of played into it very well. I'm not saying he colluded, but uh, this guy was not a, this was not an optimal candidate for the for the governorship of Pennsylvania. Sorry. Um, You've got J.D. Vance beating Tim Ryan. I mean, that's that's a big deal. You've got Stacey Abrams being routed and uh, Beto getting routed for like the third time, fourth time in six years. I mean, it's it's insane what we're seeing uh, that is that's taking place out there. But I want to address this issue about, um, you know, the 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 margins aren't going to be big enough. Twenty four hours ago. Uh, there was a huge expectation that there was going to be a red wave, a big red wave. You watch the Super Bowl. 
Do you ever watch the Super Bowl? You ever watch the World Series? You ever watch the NBA Finals? Um, hockey, you know, hockey's uh, NHL championships. Do you ever watch that stuff? You ever? Do you see a whole lot of like massive swamping victories? No. You typically get right. You typically get an evenly matched couple of teams in the Super Bowl facing off against each other. Why? Because they had to go through the meat grinder of the NFC and the AFC, and they come together, and there's a, a game that is played. There are very, very, very few games uh, like the the Bears destroying the Patriots or uh, Dallas uh, destroying the Bills. Uh, very, very few games like that take place. And these elections, when you have got as many issues on the table as you've got, and you've essentially got two Americas bound by the U.S. Constitution. Um, it's, it, this is going to be a tight fight. But there's a bright spot. Here's what I want to explain to you very quickly. And it's not going to make any sense for some of you, but some of you will get it. Joe Biden is the Great Reset. When you hear about the Great Reset and the idea that we're going to transition the, the world uh, economy to all these different sort of ways, get rid of carbon uh, we're going to uh, offer, you know, gender transition opportunities, all these sorts of things. Right? All the big, crazy socialist left wing fever dreams have been realized in Joe Biden. And the elites in the United States and around the world are desperate to keep Joe Biden afloat. The problem is people in the United States of America don't want to play that game. They don't want inflation. They don't want to eat bugs. They don't want to be locked down. They sure as heck don't want an amnesty for what this administration did uh, to people, not just in the United States, but to the administrations around the world, like Australia with the camps, New Zealand. Um, people are furious. You have women that are furious about the abortion decision, and you've got um, men and women who are furious about the lockdowns, the learning loss, the spying by by agencies uh, against people who want to protest, all, all that sort of stuff. You have a very angry electorate for a lot of different reasons at the same time. So what did Joe Biden do? Joe Biden and his team decided that they had to recruit some of, I mean, I would argue the most out there sort of candidates to, to fight for his great reset vision that he has signed on to. COP27, Davos, the World Economic Forum. None of this is conspiracy talk. I mean, these are all like real things that he's a part of, right? Uh, the, the, the agreements, the Paris agreements, uh, sucking up to the, to the mullahs in Iran and wanting to let them get nuclear programs. Uh, apologizing constantly to Xi Jinping and being malleable and soft and even really flaccid around him. Um, all, all of this, all of this, because he's on a mission. He's on a mission to fundamentally transform uh, America and then by extension, the world. If you can, if you can fundamentally transform America, then, then you can fundamentally transform the entire world. And if you want the proof of that, go back to World War II when going into the war, uh, America was a uh, uh, America first, America alone kind of a, a, a grouping. And uh, on December the 8th, 1941, suddenly we were in the war. 
Winnie Churchill, Winston Churchill worked FDR pretty good with Harry Hopkins and, and all the back and forth. Lend lease. Um, Joe Biden is the great reset. And so when you look at a guy like Fetterman, uh, when you look at some of these candidates that, that came out, uh, Katie Hobbs, who are these people? Who are these people? They're people who are so out there and so extreme that the people who are also blue voters feel a compunction to crawl across broken glass for a guy like Fetterman because he's so radical, wants to empty the jails, uh, decriminalize street drugs. Kathy Hochul, a completely damaged unit uh, who only has that job because Andrew Cuomo was driven because of his uh, his sex abuse allegations. And uh, she picks up that job and then gets to keep that job. Lee Zeldin. Lee Zeldin is basically New York's version of Ron DeSantis with much less reliable political support. So the House is going to go to the Republicans. And Joe Biden is now wedded to the Great Reset. And so the mission for Republicans now has got to be to create a stillborn situation for, for this Biden Great Reset ideology. And I know that sounds harsh to say. But when the United States had war declared upon us by Imperial Japan on December the 7th, 1941, and when immediately thereafter uh, we declared war on uh, Japan, and I'm, I know I'm, I'm conflating the, the choice, but the attack was the declaration of war against the United States in Hawaii. Um, and then we declared war, and then Germany declared war on us, and then we declared war on Germany. Those were some dark and very bleak times. We didn't know what we were going to do. We weren't really a world power. We had spent decades, you know, kind of decommissioning our military and not wanting to pay bonuses to the World War I guys. And it was a, it was a really, really ugly time, a scary time. And you had people, I mean, you, you actually had open National Socialist Bund rallies in Madison Square Garden where people were talking about, hey, Hitler's got it going on. You actually had uh, American heroes. Some of them were pilots. Some of them were very famous pilots who flew across the Atlantic, um, who seemed to be very soft on uh, National Socialism. You you had that. That was that was real. That was very real. Um, and America had to suddenly turn in the direction of becoming a leader and defending the United States of America. And what had to happen? What had to happen? Well, you had the, the smallest possible thing take place in the, the Doolittle raid. And at the time, the idea that you could mount an air assault flying right over Japan and bombing them right at home was pretty exotic. But it created an emotional, political, historical beachhead, much in the same way that when we land on January the 6th, 1944, in Normandy, we establish a beachhead into Fortress Europe. And then we have got to go and slog and punch and fight and shoot and bomb and firebomb and do all of it until we get to Berlin. I'm not equating people in the Democratic Party to Nazis or Imperial Japan because I don't believe that's a fair comparison. I'm talking about the tactics that make up the strategy 
that result in a victory. So if, if you if you are out of power yesterday, which you are, you don't have the House, you don't have the Senate, you don't have the presidency, and you've tightened it up a little bit in the Senate, maybe you get a 51 majority, maybe it's 50-50 again, I don't know. But you've got the House? That's freaking progress. That's a Doolittle raid. That's that's landing on the beachhead in Normandy. And then you've got to fight and scrap for every inch of territory you can until you win the fight, politically speaking. That's an important thing to understand. The great American battles, the great battles that define America here on the continent and overseas are almost always driven by adversity. It's easy to get comfortable with the uh, post-Cold uh, War model of things. It's easy to say, oh yeah, we just drop bombs from 60,000 feet up there. We send in missiles. We do Hellfire missiles. We do all this kind of stuff. There are a lot more fights that look like way over in Vietnam. There are a lot more fights that look like the frozen chosen uh, there in, in, in Korea. There are a lot more fights that look like the Battle of the Bulge and that look like the landing at Normandy and that look like look like the battles that took place in Europe in World War One. The Argonne. There are a lot more battles that that look like we can't get a general in charge to try to fight and win the civil war. But we end up doing it because of, I believe, God's providence. And I'm not ashamed or embarrassed to say that. I'm really not freaked out and I'm really not angry. I was a little confused last night. I was a little confused this morning. But if you're picking up seats, you're not losing seats. And if you're losing seats in states like Pennsylvania, which, I mean, let's be honest, Pat Toomey was the senator there. How Republican, how conservative is Pat Toomey? He's just kind of a, a dude. We lost Hochul in New York. Okay. These blue cities like Philly and New York, Washington, D.C., San Francisco and L.A., you want to wallow in your own filth and muck and mire and crime and all of that? Who are we to stop you, man? Who are we to stop you? But the abortion thing is important. And I want to say this about the abortion thing. A lot of women, young women and girls, feel extremely upset about these decisions that were made at the Supreme Court level. We have done a poor job. We as conservatives or limited government types have, have done a very poor job of evangelizing. That's a word that will upset some people. Sorry. Um. I can't say paganizing, but we've done a poor job evangelizing uh, to people to understand that it's a whole lot easier to go lobby your state government than it is to lobby the federal government on any policy ever. And so as you're seeing these states, California, I, th I think they're going to probably or they did pass, you know, a prop one on, on abortion. I, I haven't read all the language. It probably allows for abortion up to the 18th year of life. I'm being sarcastic because uh, they're kooks. But. The abortion issue is serious. 
And there's going to have to be a lot of work done there. But, you know, there is a silver lining with the House going to the Republicans if everything holds the way it appears to be. And it's this. The squad has never had to govern while being in the minority. And that means they're going to be really radical. And if Joe Biden in this inter period between the lame duck House and Senate and the new uh, being seated House and Senate there in uh, in in 2023, if if Joe Biden doesn't make good on his promise and jam through a, a an abortion bill on the federal level. He's going to have a problem with the squad. See, because abortion is the one thing that's kind of a variable with the Great Reset. They really love abortion. They, they really think it's important, especially targeting certain underprivileged communities. The left loves that kind of stuff. I, I spoke at length just in the last couple of weeks about why it is you can't afford to be a liberal Democrat. I mean, you just you don't have the kind of money or the horsepower to do that. You got to be a, a, a Pritzker. Uh, you got to be a Gavin Newsom. You got to be a Pelosi. You got to be a you got to be a Biden who's got the, the money, the shkarol, uh, uh that, that you pull in for influence peddling around the around the world. But the average person out there, here's the deal. Here's the deal. We have to figure out a way to make a sales pitch wherein we continue to affirm life. And that's hugely important. And I don't know where it's going to come from. I recommend prayer. Are we still allowed to say that? The fight has only just begun. We are on the road to 2024. This is episode number one of the road to 2024. You ready to go? I am Brett Witterbull. This is devious motives hey it's brett Witterbull, and i've got a great opportunity for you if you're a fan of the show if you listen or watch my videos i want to invite you personally to join me and my beautiful wife sherry as we take an excursion over to italy it's going to happen in june of 2023 so that's this coming june and we're going to get together with amazing people we're going to see incredible sights we're going to land in rome we're going to take a, a land tour all among the sites of the things that you're going to want to see, including but not limited to uh, Assisi and Venice and Milan. We're going to eat. We're going to laugh. We're going to love. We're going to the Vatican. It's going to be absolutely incredible, but it won't be complete without you. I want to invite you and your loved ones to join us as well. You can get more information at cruise-tour.com. That's cruise-tour.com. Or give them a call at 800 383 3131. That's 800-383-3131. Arrivederci. I'll see you in Italy.